Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome, and this is the show, Self-Expressions, and I am your host, Minister Robert Pop Pop Hudson. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode. Uh, and tonight's episode is episode 1,424, and um, it is a complete joy to just uh, be part of uh this great network that we are on, which is Purpose Camp Network, and we are broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com. And before I get started, I'm going to open up with a prayer. And um, just for everybody, so you know, uh, you won't be surprised or unaware, we're going to be covering First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 5. And tonight's uh, show is titled Breaking Through. And uh, so with that being said, and also uh, I just want to that anyone that's not aware, uh, this month is National Women's Month, and uh, we'll we'll go into that later on. So right now we're going to open up in prayer. Father, praise you for this evening and your purpose for for it. You know we that when we gather together, you always have a divine agenda. We love you for that, Father. That even when we have done what you have asked, the results are so much greater that we could ever imagine. <clears throat> Even in failed attempts, you blow us away with your faithfulness to provide us what we need. Our prayer today is that you will be done through this event. Take what we have prepared and multiply our efforts as only you can. Stir our intentions to align with your righteousness. Remind us of your faithful provision. Fail us and fall short. May all the glory go up to you when we reach the finish line and climb over benchmarks. Blinding us with your peace today. Father, keep us physically safe and guard our hearts and minds from pride and selfishness. Keep love in our in our hearts and our minds. And God and, and be the guiding light for we all wish you accomplished to celebrate in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're gonna get started. Um <clears throat> so today is a national Women's Month, well, not today, this month, actually, the whole month, and um, I'm glad uh, that, you know, uh, finally, you know, that, you know, there is, uh, you know, time set forth that, you know, the accomplishment of, of women is brought to the forefront, and there's a lot of things that stick out in my mind that women have, have done and, and, have, and have accomplished. Uh, one of the things is, you know, some of the famous quotes that we get from women. Women have, you know, some of the most famous quotes. You know, everybody likes to quote, you know, something the guy says, like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, like, I'll be back. But, you know, that is nothing, you know, um, but just, a, you know, just a cliche where, it, you know, it's not sticking out where it doesn't pertain to your everyday life, you know. So, you know, some of the quotes that women have made, you know, really set the tone for a lot of things like, you know, not in my house, you know. Um, and like the famous line that Beyonce said, you know, put a ring on it. You know, and there's also by Felicia and there's you think I'm boo-boo the fool. 
you know, and those those quotes are, are just they just stick out. But the one thing you know I wanted to just uh, mention, and it's because of a woman that's been forgotten, and she's not only forgotten, she's you know not have been acknowledged for her her bravery of uh, standing out, and that's you know that. And I know there's a lot of people that have don't remember or you know have a disdain for Nita Hill for, you know, the Clarence Thomas uh, confirmation hearings. Uh, what she did was what, you know, she basically bucked the system. And it, and it was no personal or political gain for herself. It was just to simply tell the truth. And when she went to the confirmation hearings, you know, she blew everyone away with, you know, the tale of the harassment that women go through. And there, and you know, and it was very a unique situation because very rarely do you get, you know, a black woman that is in a supporting role for a black man. And, and on, on turn of that, on top of that, you know, um, not only did she support him during his career and also help, you know, structure, you know, his uh, legal, you know, his legal stature, but, you know, she kept quiet until the confirmation hearings. And I don't know if anybody knows uh, anything about, like, uh, the political agenda and cer- certain things like confirmation hearings and how you go to a hearing to this. And basically what they asked her, and she exercised her right to, you know, her doubts about why this man is not qualified to be a Supreme Court justice. And she, and she said, and, she, you know, she stated that, hey, listen, this guy – you know, he did this, he did that, and, and X amount. And she caught a lot of heat for it. You know, and everybody, you know, uh, says, you know, hey, sometimes, you know, uh, if you just go out and, and tell the truth, sometimes people can't handle the truth. And yet, truly, a lot of people could not handle the truth. And, yes, Anita Hill suffered for her telling the truth, but that also brought about an age where women no longer stood by and kept silent about some of the abuses and some of the things that, you know, men do in the corporate and also political, you know, arena where they can say and do things and get away with it. So, you know, Anita Hill has been a forgotten woman and she caught so much heat and so much flack of her just standing up and telling the truth. And, you know, just with, with that alone, you know, um, for, for National Women's Month, at some point, you know, Anita Hill should be recognized for her bravery and also just being consciously aware that, hey, listen, this guy is going to be a Supreme Court justice. Does he have any kind of misconduct or any kind of misjudgment of character that we, we should not? And the only thing that she did basically by telling the truth was confirming that, you know, he's a, he's going to be a, a, a among a group of men that have done the same thing in some capacity. And, you know, with that being said, you know, like I said, you know, I like to, you know, um, just, you know, uh, say, you know, thanks to Anita Hill because uh, right now today some of the misconduct, not only against women but some men, you know, they can, you know, they can look on – Anita Hill and say, hey, listen, she stood and withstand the, the, you know, the the flack and the hatred of almost 
the majority of the country and the majority of, you know, everybody in her field where, you know, she was basically black blackballed. And I'm not sure what she's doing right now today, but I hope whatever she's doing, she's successful because, um, you know, right now it takes, a, you know, a great amount of courage just to, you know, stand up to, you know, the, you know, the good old boy network. And that's what she did. And so with that being said, you know, thanks, Anita Hill. Uh, you know, I can, you know, confidently say, you know, I'm I'm glad that, you know, um, someone like her stood up where, you know, you know, my daughters, you know, while, while they're in the working field, that they can say, hey, listen, if this is wrong, I can I can stand up for myself. I can I can do what she did, which is tell the truth, and you know, ultimately facing the fire behind telling the truth. So with that being said, uh, like I like I said tonight, tonight's uh, topic is breaking through, and we're covering First Kings chapter nineteen one through five. And uh, before we do that, I'm just going to give out the uh, phone number to call in, which is 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to talk to me, the host, you can just press the number one. All right, so we're going to be covering First Kings uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 5. And, you know, basically, you know, uh, my topic, Breaking Through, is basically covering, you know, depression which is a, a topic, you know, on itself where, you know, a lot of people don't want to just tackle, you know, just that topic of, of depression. And the reason being because from time to time, you know, we may, you know, suffer from a bout of depression. And the spirit of, of depression is really not a good one. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to cover First Kings chapter 19, and I'm starting with verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, but it ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judea, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. One of the things about Elijah, he had he had just witnessed, you know, some of the mighty miracles that, you know, God, you know, that, that God had, you know, on his, you know, had provided, you know, basically to Elijah where, you know, he witnessed God's power. And he revealed, you know, over the prophets uh, of, of Baal, you know, he, he basically, he just, you know, uh, decimated him. You know, he had witnessed the miracle of God sending rain. He had seen all the prophets of Baal hunted down and killed. And he just, he basically seen it all. And so what happened now, just from one woman just sending a simple, you know, uh, you say, how can he get at this point where he just wants to give up? And, you know, basically it goes, you know, it just deals with what goes on today where it seems like, you know, as we start going on and things seems to be, 
you know, better for us as far as situations. But, it's, you know, but it doesn't get any better. You know, Satan is working overtime and using whatever tools he can to steal God's people from, you know, their true place in, in Christ. You know, and I want to talk to you about depression. It's, you know, tucky, it's touchy, and it's a delicate subject. But, you know, we all need to know, you know, how to battle, you know, this form of depression. And, you know, me speaking personally, you know, I've dealt with, you know, depression to some measure. Uh, And the funny thing about depression is it's something that, you know, you personally have to work through. It's something that you have to basically figure out. Sometimes it may take, you know, weeks, it may take months, it may take years. And that's what, you know, uh, the, I, well, I don't want to say funny thing about depression, but that's the difficulties with dealing with depression because, you know, you never know when you actually broken through until you actually broken through. And figuring that out is something that, takes perseverance. So let's go back to Jezebel sending Elijah the message. So basically she, you know, swore to kill him by the next day. You know, and sometimes we we think we suffer for you know for the gospel. So what did Elijah do for what you know a lot of us you know would do? He ran. He ran off. You know, do you ever, you know, feel so overwhelmed that you wish you could just take off and run? Just like Elijah did. But it didn't help him much, did it? You know, because, you know, we see in verse 4 that he finally gave up. You know, the Bible says he sat down under a tree and prayed that he might die. And I think what he he said next is something that, you know, many of us would, would say, you know, I've had enough, Lord. You know, take me on. I've had it. And then he, he laid down and went to sleep. And I can tell you that, you know, one of the signs of depression is, is excessive sleeping. It's a, a, a one of the major, you know, uh, telltale tell, tell signs that you're under depression. And so basically, you know, when we fall asleep, you know, we're we're letting Satan use that against us. Yes, we do need rest. Yes, we we do have to sleep. But you know how how the excessiveness is where, you know, Satan comes in, where he just wants to wants us to go to sleep, where we are just we're laying down and not get up. You know, have you ever heard someone, you know, advise, you know, or, or gave you advice, you know, keep the faith? You know, this is definitely a case of, you know, uh, keeping the faith, where, you know, we do need rest, but we don't need excessive rest. So basically this, you know, so basically the sleep part is definitely a case of depression. So Elijah's depression, you know, there's a stigma with the word, you know, regarding mental illness when it comes to depression. You know, that stigma is also found, it's also found in churches. So in James uh, chapter 5, verse 17, we read that Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are, as we are. You know, in other words, you know, he had a nature like our own, a human nature. Therefore, if it, if it can't happen to him, it can happen to any of us because we have the same nature. You know, human nature is what seems from the, you know, basically what Elijah was going through, you know, uh, 
it's like a course of every other, you know, child of God, never expecting this to happen to, to them. You know, he has taken, he was taken by surprise, basically, by his own actions and by his own way of thinking. You know, what we must remember at the beginning is that human nature is a unity of our soul and our spirit and body. It's clear from, you know, from basically, you know, what Elijah was going through, he was exhausted. He was mentally and physically exhausted. You know, we don't read in basically the earlier chapter that he was eating and, you know, we don't read that he was sleeping. You know, sometimes the believer is so lifted up by the spirit and our spiritual activity that, you know, we forget, like, some basic things, which is like sleeping and eating. You know, basically we forget that we have a body. You know, when the body goes down, the mind fights to stay up, you know, but it can't fight against, you know, what what we call gravity within the human nature. If the body goes down, it will drag our mind down with it. So the so the mind begins to experience basically a loss. You know, have you ever gone to gone without sleep for a long time, or you know, it seems maybe an extended period. You know, basically, uh, what you're going through or what you experience is uh, sleep deprivation. You know, that person is, you know, as they say, not himself. You know. And there is an experience of losing control of uh, basically your situation because basically of your mind. Your mind does not get a chance to rest. And so any movement or even your perception of things, it would seem that, you know, it's a little bit uh, altered perception. Okay, so it would seem that at this point, the Elijah's disappointment and the threat of Jezebel acted as a trigger upon, you know, his already internal state of exhaustion. So as it was to say, you know, basically the last straw just basically hit the camel's back. And, you know, and with that, you know, with that happening, you know, Elijah just basically, I I can't take it anymore. So when, you know, basically when a person is depressed, you know, they're no longer perceiving things in a rational manner. You know, we read when he, when he saw, when he saw that, which is, covered in verse 3, when he saw Jezebel's threat to him, he arose and went for his life. You know, this is this was very irrational. You know, he had already stood against, you know, greater odds than one woman and many threats. They tried to hunt him down for many years and he stood before them all because he was conscious of standing in the presence of God. But you see how irrational his perception of this minor threat if God had, you know, basically protected him all these years, why should he suddenly turn and run now? But he did. Probably as soon as he did, you know, he wondered what he had done. He surprised even himself, you know, you might say. And, you know, and sometimes we surprise ourselves a lot of times where we react or don't, you know, necessarily do what we think we have. So so they may have been, and we can't rule this out, and they may have been, some satanic activity involved, you know, there where, you know, there is a world of unseen evil spirits as well as good spirits. You know, Satan attacks, you know, basically us as Christians, not only at our weakest point, but he sometimes attacks us at our strongest point. You know, he will sometimes wait for overconfidence, or he will sometimes wait until the person reaches a state of exhaustion like Elijah, and then he will attack at the strongest point. Elijah's strongest point was his faithfulness. You know, he took a stand, and now he flees for his life. 
you know, a great change has occurred in him. You know, he was exhausted, and yet he looked at the basic activity, a person who is depressed, although they are in a sense of exhaustion in their body, they're very restless. You know, you know, they look for for rest, but they can't find it. Sleeping flees away from, you know, many of us. And when I say it, it flees many of us because, <clears throat> you know, it may seem in our in our, our biological clock in our body that there are certain times that we want to fall asleep or we want to go to sleep, but we just simply can't for one reason or another. And, you know, once that happens, you know, that's when your body it becomes physically tired. And like I was stating earlier, once the body is tired, you know, the mind will fall also. So basically when sleep flees us and we have, you know, little sleep when we wake up, you know, probably we have a set time that we like to wake up every morning and we wake up early in the morning and we'd be alert when, you know, everyone else is sleeping. So you see, although we were exhausted and he, you know, basically restless and he, you know, basically Elijah wanted to get away. These are his actions, and fear can produce, you know, a, a strange energy, you know, the urge to get away from, a, you know, a perceived threat. Yet the threat was, was perceived irrational because God has shown him that he would help him against greater numbers than Jezebel and her, her threats. You know, so what was his feelings? You know, first, first of all, he was disappointed. You know, he felt alone, and, he, and you know, basically he did. You know, despite all the, you know, the pause on Mount Carmel, you know, nothing had changed. You know, he was disappointed. But he was also disappointed in himself. You know, he felt like he had, already, he, had, he had really done something for God, and still nothing had changed. So believe me, there, there's a, you know, something, you know, have you ever gave, you know, your all, you like put a total 100%, you know, spit, shine, polish on something that you've done, and all it takes, you know, basically would be one negative comment or to say, hey, you missed, you know, uh, like say you painted a portrait and say, hey, oh, that's a nice portrait. Oh, you forgot to put the sun in it or something like that. And when you do all your all and, you know, you put great detail into this portrait, one one point of criticism, you know, changes your whole perception of what you have done, your overall body of work. And that's where, you know, uh, <clears throat> like many of us, <clears throat> and where we we start, you know, believing that, you know, nothing has, has changed. No matter how I do this, you know, portrait, somebody's always going to find something wrong with it. No matter what I do, you know, it's still the same. This is still the same results. And you start wondering, what am I doing wrong? Starts to wear down on you when you start doubling down on your efforts where your body becomes tired. And then once your body becomes tired, just like, you know, um, they say, you know, never, you know, kick a man when he's down. But when is the best time to kick a man? You know, and, and that's what Satan does. He tries to attack us at our highest point and our weakest point. And he also tries to turn things around where we, you know, where we are confident in ourselves, <clears throat> he's waiting for us to come and, and take the role on Mr. Overconfident, where nothing 
I, you know, I, I'm a believer in God and everything I do, nothing's going to knock me down. Nothing's going to take away, you know, what I, what I believe in. And that's the state of mind that where our decision makings, which, you know, are, are good overall for, you know, for ourselves, it's also, a, a, you know, basically a disability where it can also be, you know, you know, like turned around, and next thing you know, we are facing, you know, the opposite direction of where we were starting at. So often, you know, what we do to deal with, with that that part of our lives is we fall into a depression, and and how that happens is because we're thinking of how we're dealing with things, and like we're not basically having an open mind where some of the things that we're doing can be turned around against us, and when you have that mindset, you know, that's the wrong thing to do. You know, it's often the strongest people who come into depression, you know, not the weakest. You know, the strong person tells himself that he has gone through, he's gone through it before, and he can go through it, you know, again, no matter what kind of pain or what kind of barrier he's got to break or whatever the obstacle is. And, again, it's it's rather like driving a car. You know, if you are driving a car and all of a sudden a red light's flashing on the dashboard, and just to say you stop immediately and it turns out to be a minor repair. You know, it won't take long, but it's been flashing and you keep, you know, you keep it in your mind that, oh, something's going on, something's going wrong. You know, you're not going to have a, 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 a minor repair all the time. Maybe it might turn out to be a major repair. And, you know, who knows? Everybody knows that eventually, you know, a car is going to have, it, it has its faults. It's going to have its failures. And as we're driving the car, and, you know, the reason why that light is red is because red is, you know, an indicator, and it also is a trigger in the mind where it's letting you know, just like, you know, the stop sign, it's trying to let you know that something's wrong. And just because something's wrong does not mean it's major, and it may not always be minor. It may be something in between. But the thing is is that, when you get that, that trigger warning, sometimes people may panic. They may stop and park the car immediately and say something's wrong. I, I can't I can't drive the car until I figure out what's wrong with it. Sometimes there may be glitches where nothing's wrong. It's just something that just happens to just, you know, trigger off, you know, that that red flashing light, you know, that something's going wrong. And it's not how, you know, um, how how we how we just react to it. It's just how we constantly, you know, we get those trigger warnings. We get those those warnings where it either gets to the part we ignore it or we overreact. And that in itself is taxing. Where you know we're we're you know we're we're all you know we're we're constantly thinking. We're we're uh, a cerebral being. Where we are all we're also constantly thinking. When we aren't even thinking, we're thinking. We're thinking. And when we have a, a set mindset, that's where, you know, Satan can just concentrate on and say, hey, I know this is irking to him. So I'm going to make sure each and every time that that red glaring light is flashing. So even though he's concentrating on driving, he's still fixated on what is wrong with my car. What is wrong with my car? Normally, you know, we're saying, hey, listen, I started out, and my car is fine, and I should be able to get to point A to point B. 
for some people in some minds, they may panic and say, hey, I need to stop driving. I don't know if I can make it. That's where in our mindset we have to remember that when we first get in our car, we're starting out in faith. You know, we have faith because there's no guarantee that when you get out and you go to that car and you turn the key, that that car is going to start. Okay, but when you went out there, you had the mindset that, hey, I have to go somewhere and I'm going to go in the car and mindlessly not even think about it. This is how the minor things, a lot of minor things, it is unbroken. You get in the car, you start it, you go, and you come back. That's faith. Now, the question of faith is when, in part of the journey, excuse me, is that the light is flashing, and it starts working on you internally. And you have to find out if something's wrong. Some people go into the deep end. Oh, I need another car. I don't know what's wrong with this car. Something is wrong. Well, what's wrong is you're not having faith. If you start out on a journey and you, you know, you know, you put your faith 100% behind it, you're going to get there and you're going to come back. Any questions along the way has broken your faith. And that's what Satan is trying to do. He's trying to find a way to break our faith. So let's go back to Elijah. So Elijah's strength came from God, you know, and that is to 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 root any who think they can go through, you know, this life without depending, on, you know, upon God minute by minute. You know, if we're going to get through this, you know, this wilderness, you know, we have to learn on our, you know, our beloved and learning means, you know, um, continuously learning. But you see, sin is unbelief, you know, basically unbelief within us, you know, and it will tempt us to say, I can manage this without God. You know, it's only a small thing. I can use God for bigger things in life, you know, basically. But this little thing, I can manage that by myself. You know, that's the beginning of going astray. You know, when the Lord said, you know, without me, you can do nothing, he meant every, he meant every word of it. So Elijah wanted to die. He said, you know, it's enough. In other words, he felt that he could he could do no more, that his situation was, you know, basically hopeless. You know, a depressed person is filled with negative thoughts that, you know, you see him basically in the way he uses his language, you know, expressing his hopelessness. You know, you hear the eye, the eye. You know, he's looking at himself and he sees nothing in himself to bring him, you know, any confidence or hope. You know, there is a real connection in, you know, basically our life, our, our Christian life with hope, you know, and devotion to God, you know, strength, motivation is, is where it is at, you know. A lack of hope is, is a lack of spiritual, motiva- spiritual motivation. You know, sometimes we are just afraid to do anything for fear, uh, you know, that, you know, everything that we do ends in failure. And we certainly don't want, you know, another one. You know, we don't want another failure. So if we're not trusting in God, you know, we only we're only looking – basically to ourselves, that, you know, we would, you know, that we'll be cast down. However, it's not a case of saying, you know, we will snap out of it. And it's not a case of even saying, you know, I'll pray pray myself out of it or pick yourself up. You know, that's the very thing that you cannot do. If you you could do it, you would have done it a long time ago. So a person in in despair, you know, in absolute despair with, uh, you know, absolute hope, 
you know, they cannot live. You know, he or she would take his own life, you know, and you wonder, you know, how how, how can you get to that point? Well, that's how how it works. Basically, you, you feel as though there's no options. So, you know, you know, you want to make sure that you, you know, don't want to have that spirit where Elijah says, he says, you know, he, he wanted to, basically he wanted to die. You know, and if it's not enough where we, we, we can say, I trust in God, you know, if only looking, you know, to ourselves, then we will be, you know, basically forever, once we put things in our hands, we will be forever being in a total, uh, you know, uh, state of, of this, you know, basically this will be disarrayed. You know, a person in despair, you know, they absolutely just, you know, with despair, they have the absence of hope, you know. And with that absence of hope, and when Elijah said, take away my life, you know, he felt he was useless, that he had not only disappointed himself, but he had disappointed God and could no longer be used because, you know, he had basically, you know, he, he turned away from the Lord's service. You know, he, he sat down under, uh, uh, you know, a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, you know, it's enough now. Oh, Lord, take my life. So you hear the despair, and you hear the, the irrational decision, and even a person that's depressed, you know, they, they become irrational. And this is, you know, this is the man who had never died, you, you, you know, who, who had never died under a lot of the threats and a lot of the things that happened, and he was covered by God. But the depression in him is limited basically to, you know, how he feels at the time in his, his physical state physically weakened, you're going to make a rational, you're going to have a rational thoughts and you're going to make the rational decisions. Like before he even laid down to rest, he said, Oh, just take my life. You know, I'm done. You know, this is hopeless or whatever. And basically he didn't even, you know, even ask God like, Hey, I know I ran in the beginning, but Hey, uh, could we change this around? Uh, what do we need to do? You know, uh, I know you're not going to let me die because you didn't, you, you know, you haven't done that before, you know, and it's like basically he's like, am I doing enough? Because sometimes we have to take, you know, and I know this is hard to say to, to people when you're you're actually doing something and you're physically tired and you just say, I can't do another thing. Well, that's the time you want to do another thing. And the reason why is because this is what strengthens your resolve and this is what takes away from depression. Because when you are and you're in that absolute mindset where you're physically tired and you say, I can't do another thing, and you go and do that one thing and then you rest, that lets you know that the spirit of, you know, the negativity or whatever it is of exhaustion or anything, it can overcome, you know, your faith in God. Because you said it yourself, I can't do another thing. And you turn around and you go ahead and do it. And, uh, you know, and, you know, thank God. And that's where we all realize that, you know, through, you know, through ourselves that we can call on God and he can come through. And he can make it happen no matter what it is. You're physically drained and you need the rest. But you say, do you say to yourself, wait a minute, I can't do one more thing, but you know what? I will do one thing. Thank God for the strength for me to do that one more thing. And, you know, and I'm going to tell you, you know, one thing about 
God is he designed us perfectly. You know, first of all, the Lord cared for our bodies, you know. You know, there is, you know, in verse 5, some people will find that, you know, unex- you know, unexpected that we are soul and body. God cares for the body as we should care for it. You know, our body affects our mental state, whether it's through vitamins, glands, or hormones. It does have an effect on our, our mental state. You know, the Lord, the Lord care, you know, cares for us. And I don't know if you noticed, you know, always in his wisdom, according to, you know, our needs, the primary need that the Lord saw was the need for Elijah's body to recover and strength to sleep, eat, and drink. You know, a lot of times we neglect our body. And when I say we, I say that is we as me and you every day. We neglect our bodies. And you say, well, how can I easily do that? Well, you can easily do that through other other means, which is by, you know, not having the right nourishment. You know, one thing about, you know, the, the body that God created for us is that he has given us, you know, some things that, you know, we ordinarily would just disregard. Like, you, have you ever had a craving for, like, something like a pear? Like, oh, man, I crave a pear. Well, you know what? Those pears or something, there's some kind of nutrients in it that revitalizes your body. And the reason why you were yearning and constantly, you know, wanting to have something odd, that is something your body's been missing, some kind of nutrient that your body needs. And so we think that when we have a women, I'm not talking about Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm talking about something odd like pickles. Or something along that sort. You know, our body, you know, is masterfully created. And it's just for us to maintain maintain ourselves, our, our health. And because without that, you know, we can't revitalize our mind. We can't properly think. We can't properly do and worship. And that's the one thing God wants us to do. He wants us to be able to worship, worship him. If we can't worship him, you know, properly, it's because something's missing. We're not, you know, we're not getting the right amount of sleep. We're not getting the right amount of vitamins. You know, we're not getting, you know, the sort of supplements that we want. And let me tell you, and the the, the reason why, you know, everything is massively designed by him is because it's all in the grand scheme of keeping us revitalized. You know, and so, you know, when a person, you know, basically isn't sleeping, they're sleep deprived. You know, their mind is certainly affected. You know, we need we need sleep. We 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 do. And you know, we this is covered in, in Psalms one twenty seven verses two says that God grants his beloved sleep. We need sleep in the right amount. After the body is basically strengthened and restored when we get sleep, which is it, it basically it will you know, affect the mind. So as we um see we go back to Elijah Elijah had, you know, the capacity, the strength to hear what God was going to say. You know, if you talk to a depressed person, you know, they're still in a, in a weakened state and they're exhausted. You know, they would not take, basically, they wouldn't take in what you say. Basically, you say anything and they can nod their head and you ask them what you said, they couldn't tell you what you said. You know, you're basically speaking to a person who doesn't yet have the capacity to act rationally and to, you know, respond acceptably to what, what you say. So, indeed, they will not accept, you know, what what you say because, you know, they're not convinced that, you know, their perception of things as far as what they're hearing is right. 
And they basically, you know, until they get that restored strength and that renewal, that's what God can speak to you. When you're a weakness, you know, you're in an unacceptable state as far as, you know, uh, you know, God's not going to speak to you. He will, he will drive you to go and seek, you know, what you need. You know, sometimes we speak to therapists. I say that, some people. And basically, a therapist is a talking cure. And the word therapy simply means care or treat or treatment. You know, we have basically spiritually, you know, we need to basically go to the talking cure, which is the Bible. So notice that not not only did God rebuke him, he he asked Elijah a question that, you know, he, he asked, you know, uh, basically he's like, okay, this is how you feel. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So sometimes, you know, we know why uh wise you know decision would rise uh excuse me wise rational decisions will be hearing. So notice that you know uh so he, he basically was listening to Elijah and, and once Elijah talked his feelings and about his thoughts and disappointments, then he asked him another question and listened again. It is very comforting that the Lord does not cast off his people, you know, basically for our failures. You know, you can go through periods of isolation and despondency, but God can change things. And that is covered in Psalms 30, uh, verse 5. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy come up in the morning. God can change things in according to, you know, Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verses 20. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask of him. And, man, there we go again with that word abundantly. Man, everybody, you know, um, Overlooks, you know, hey, you're you're asking for simple things, but you know, you you'd be surprised, you know, how he maximizes our our prayer effort as far as you know, we asking for something that we just want, you know, that one instant. He's looking ahead. He's looking to the future, and he's you know he's very much you know have it where as though you know. We may not know what we need. We might know exactly, you know, how, how we want, you know, um, a lot of the the things that can maintain us, but he will abundantly supply it. And so he he basically, by, you know, directing us to go to, you know, go to sleep at an appropriate time, he's basically, you know, basically we're restoring our soul through him. You know, it's not a, a work that we do, it, it's something where we, you know, we do as far as when we lay down and go to sleep, it is in total faith that we have that we will wake up the next morning. And if not, we know we're in his hands. And, you know, just the, you know, statistics basically tell us that, you know, one out of two people who are depressed will have a, basically a relapse at some point in their life. And, and that's basically, you know, an endurance test where, you know, no one will come back perhaps. And, and what it does, you know, um, it's something that you've dealt with before. You know, there's more comfort, you know, the second or third time because God brought you through. You know, it's not the fir- you know, it's not the first time. You know, you have basically, fear, you know, experienced, you know, his faithfulness and ha- him having you come through. You know, you also learned that, you know, you need, basically patience because when you 
go through a condition such as, you know, depression, it's not a quick cure. You know, you need patience, and it could take months or years. You know, and basically, it comes up in tough times. But God enables us to perseverance, to know and to be in the presence presence of mind that there are some things that we can do to, to, to fight and battle. You know, everybody wants to have a, a chance to win. And, you know, due to oppression or whatever nature of, you know, um, despair you feel, it yes, it can easily go into depression. But we do have a, a means and a way of knowing how, how we deal with it. And we have to make sure that we, you know, we, you know, in totally unison with our mind and body because just like uh, what was said before, you know, once the body goes, the mind will fall, you know, will eventually fall. And we don't want to fall or fail. And with that being said, uh, I'm going to go ahead to the call of salvations and uh, then I'll quickly go ahead and do the announcements. All right. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we always want to have a starting point. And the best way to have a starting point is creating a relationship with, with Christ. And the best way you want to do it is you want to acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you have fell short of the glory of God. <clears throat> because without him, you know, we can't we can't do anything. And we can't definitely we definitely can't make it to the kingdom without him. So you just want to let him know that you that you, that you have renounced your sins and that you wish to move forward in your life in Christ. And once you do that, you just let him know that, hey, listen, I'm done with, with sin. I may not be I may not be the, the best or, or, you know, the most perfect person, but I do want to do one thing. I want to acknowledge my sins, and I wish to just start over again and begin a new life. And once you do that and once you say that, you know, you are on your journey, and you just want to let him know that you're dedicating the rest, you know, the rest of your life to renounce sin and to be in Christ. And once you say that, or say, you know, um, how you want to in your own words, you know, you're you're saved, and you just want to, keep, you know, let somebody know that you have turned your life over, you know, you turned a new life over in Christ, and just let him know that. Listen, or let them know, listen, I've turned my life over to Christ, and man. I feel new again. And you can tell that to anybody. You can tell your mom. You can tell friends, family members. But you definitely want to just let somebody know. And the next suggestion I have is uh, that you find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary that are nurtured in the word of Christ. I know most sanctuaries are closed, but they do have Zoom and, you know, um, they do have Facebook Live and things of that nature where you can um, get a fellowship. And if you can't find a fellowship, you know, that's why we're here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And you can come here, and uh, we broadcast almost every night that we're able to. And just feel free to come here where there's a church without walls and feel comfortable until you do find that church home. And with that being said, I'm going to go into the announcements. All right. Uh, This is the Private Purpose Kingdom Network. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. I, we appreciate uh, your listenership and your support. We thank those that share with their friends and family members. 
and we just thank you so much. And um, if you want to contact us via email, you can contact us here at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a uh, prayer request. We gladly honor that. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom where you can do likewise. We invite you to like us on our Facebook page where you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and that is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. Uh, anytime you want to hear any of our past broadcasts, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. We can just simply type in the host name or the show name, and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. And uh, once again, we thank those that share with their friends and family members. We just thank you so much for doing so. And with God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for. I believe iron sharp is iron with Sister Mary Scott. And once again, with God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for iron sharp is iron, sharp is iron with Sister Mary Scott. All right. And with that being said, this is uh, – wait a minute. i got one more announcement. Um, in the future, uh, stay tuned uh, for some of our announcements. Uh, specifically on our uh, Facebook page where, you know, Purpose Kingdom is getting its own network, our own 24-hour radio uh, radio network where we'll be broadcasting 24 hours a day with uh, gospel music and our regularly, uh, re- our regularly scheduled shows. And just stay tuned and you, you'll get further details as we are moving forward. As um, some people may know, May 9th is our anniversary here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we uh, are hope and blessed to be able to launch uh, the network around that time. And with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcement. And I'm just going to go ahead and wrap up uh, tonight's show. So, you know, what we learned here um, tonight, or I hope that we were able to, you know, you know, basically gain the knowledge is that, you know, we have to cast our cares upon him. And no matter what it, you know, what problem, you know, we have to make sure that we have, that we come, you know, we bring it to him. You know, we're, you know, we have to understand that we're not, you know, we, we're not the ones supposed to take on everything. Sometimes we got to, we got to put it in God's hands. We just can't, you know, for any any instant or any second, think that we're that we we can conquer anything. You know, we need his help. We, we need him. We have to make sure that we ask for it. We don't ask for it. You know, that's where we run into the trouble. You know, thinking that we can tackle something that we can't. That's why he's there. You know, the, the cashier cares upon him. It's covered in Psalms one hundred seven verses twenty. He sent forth his word and and, and heeded them. He rescued them from the grave. And sometimes it is just it is that close. Sometimes we're that close to falling in the grave, and all we had to do was ask. You know, we're that close where we just won't make it. And that's how, how fast it can happen. You know, we have to make sure that we call on him. We have to make sure that we are 100% in our faithfulness. <clears throat> So, um, and just wrapping up, 
you know, uh, just, you know, always, you know, keep keep your faith and, you know, and exercise it, you know, the right way. And don't forget, don't forget about your body. Because without a, a, a body that's healthy, properly eating, sleeping, you know, affected, it affects us mentally where we don't have the, you know, and, and as I was stating earlier, we just don't have rational decision making. We don't have rational thoughts. And that's what, you know, the devil is, is, is waiting for, a weakness, a pinhole, a pinhole on us. So we have to make sure that we are recovered totally. And that's by staying prayed up in Christ. You know, I, I love doing this, and I, I'm just uh, glad I'm able to make it through tonight's episode uh, with, you know, with my voice being the way it is. It'll get better, but um, right now, you know, um, I'm glad I was able to persevere for tonight. And um, I really hope to see y'all uh, in two more weeks. And um, with that being said, uh don't forget to, you know, love yourself. If you can't love yourself, if you don't love yourself, there's no way you have room to, you know, love anybody else. So definitely um, love yourself, you know, and make sure you take care of one another. And look after, you know, look after the ones that always seem to be, you know, have, have that strength where they don't need any help. But sometimes it's ask, it's ask, are you all right? Do you need any help with anything or, you know, are you all right? Because sometimes those are the ones that suffer the most, that they keep it inside. And, the, the best way to get that to come out is just to have a dialogue and just simply say, hey, are you okay? Or how are you doing? Things like that. Because the weak is, is obvious sometimes. People that seem weaker in some things, it's obvious. But the people that's strong, those are the ones that have hard times, you know, uh, saying, hey, I need help. Sometimes if you ask, you know, they may open up and say, hey, I do need some help. So let's not forget about one another. And, you know, let's just ask the question, are you okay? Do you need help? And uh, so with that being said, um, I'm done. I'm I'm out of spit. So I'm going to end tonight's program. And uh, it's been fun. Um, love doing this. And uh, see you next time. So I'm out of here. Peace. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose.